Wow. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, huh? Well, uh, we got some great kids, don't we? Amen. Isn't that great? They do a lot in here and make a big difference in this in this church. And so I'm uh, thrilled to have them. Um, this is going to be um, probably another. You're going to love this. You're going to want me sick all the time because we'll probably get done a little bit early. Uh, you know, when I'm when I'm feeling this way, I give you pretty much the points, and I don't elaborate. When I'm feeling good, and it's like you know, 19 rabbit trails that I'll go after and go chase, and illustrations that come in my head. But but um, I wanted you to go to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Going to start there, with verses two and three. I'm going to go ahead and get my water this time. Keep it with me. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, it says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And of course, the, real, the promise comes, verse 3, it says, That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless here tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray you guide my mind and my thoughts. And Lord, just strengthen my body. Give clarity of mind. Lord, I want to be a help, be a blessing. I want to be an encouragement. Lord, I, I, I can't do nothing if you don't speak through me. So, Spirit of God, I yield myself today and ask you, please, work here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a, uh, another verse in verse uh, Proverbs, you don't have to turn to it, 23, 26, says, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. That's a scary verse. It really is. My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. You know, uh, it, you don't have to, you know, your children don't have to get very old before you realize that they start to pick up two things. They start to pick up in their lives your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. It starts to be revealed in, in them very quickly. You start to see yourself. You start to see, and, and you say, how in the world, you know, do they have that, you know? Where did they, you know, they observed. They observed our ways. And so uh, these, are, these are commandments to the children, but uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, though, is these are commands to the children, but what I want to talk about is, is to us as parents and grandparents and future parents and some of you, this is time-release teaching. Some of your children are very young, and, um, but it, it starts very young. All what I'm going to talk about, it starts very young. The, uh, uh, what I'm going to talk about here tonight is, is the children are commanded to honor, and God even gives a promise with that command that uh, they can live long on the earth, that, uh, that it'll be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. But what I see and, and what I have seen over the years, especially in, in counseling and working with a lot of families, is sometimes, uh, yes, that's a command to the children, but sometimes we as parents don't give them much to honor. That's right. 
And now this is not finger pointed at anybody. This is just stuff that I, that I, I teach because I just feel like it, it just needs to. And somewhere along the way, what I'm going to do is, it could be many, many more than this, but I'm going to give eight points here tonight. Uh, these commands to the children, but when we think of the responsibility of the, of the parents, we must think, do our lives encourage our children to respect or disrespect? Their eyes observe our ways, and we have to ask ourselves, what kind of ways are they observing? And the older they get, they observe more. Uh, you know, when they're young, they're pretty, they're pretty much blind. It's kind of like I, I said here recently, you know, there's, uh, we, people have, when I first went to Bible college, they talked about quality time and quantity time, and they would always say, hey, it's just that quality time. It's not how much time you're with your kids, it's the quality time. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things we're taught that are not true. So, uh, uh, but there's, um, but I'm going to just tell you, when your children are very, very young, they don't have a, a strong conception of time, and so when you, you go to spend time with them, you can sp- I, I can walk in my door with my girls were all little bitty things, and I could play with them, give them a piggyback ride, and run around the house, be with them for 10 minutes, and they think daddy's there all day. So it really is quality time over quantity time. But as they get older, the older they get, it's got to be a quantity of quality time. you got to have both. And so... Uh, their eyes, and so, and as they get older, they're observing our ways more and more. Uh, and now, what, what I'm going to talk about tonight, I'm not talking about perfection. Anything that I say here, uh, we're human beings, so we're not going to do anything perfect. But I'm just, I'm going to try to throw this out, and, and hopefully it'll be a help to someone. How can I create an atmosphere of respect and honor in my home? Well, the first thing that, that I put down here tonight, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you, is to keep your word. When you give your children your word, well, you give anybody your word, you ought to keep your word. Because even if it's not directly to them, if they hear you give your word, you think they're not observing, but they are observing. And it's very, very important that when we make a commitment, that we keep that commitment. If you make a promise to your children, do everything in your power to keep that promise. Uh, You will be more, you'll be, okay, you'll make it easier for them to honor if you'll become honorable. Now, the command is there regardless, but it'll just, it'll just, it's a lot easier for a child to look at a daddy or a mom and say, you know what, they, they're gonna, even if it hurts them, they're going to keep their word. They can honor that a lot better than somebody that, that manipulates their word or does not keep their word. Uh, if you fail to keep a promise through forgetfulness, anybody ever made a promise and, and you just forgot about it? Okay, when you fail to keep a promise through forgetfulness or maybe some ex- extreme unforeseen events, here's the, the next thing is that, that you, what's your response at that, at that moment? Your response to your children. Your failure to keep a promise causes them some disappointment. But if you deny having made the promise or act like your failure is no big deal, you have a much greater problem than simple disappointment. They're, they're beginning to distrust you. And so it's very important that we, we, we just keep our word. And, and, and it's so in, important that when we remember, I, I did this at the college. I had a, a big camp week that I was running, and, and the winning team was going to get pizza. And I had somebody else that was in charge of that, that area, the activities department, that was going to take care of that. And, uh, and somewhere, you know, that was in September, somewhere around uh, 1st of December, uh, I was sitting in my office, and I said, I don't remember getting invited to that pizza party. 
I don't remember going to that pizza party. So I called the boy and I said, hey, when was that pizza party? He said, well, we didn't have it. I said, what do you mean we didn't have it? He said, well, we really didn't have the money for it. And he said, they probably really don't remember anyway. And, and I, I said to him, I said, oh, no, no, no. I don't care if we got the money or not. I, you know, I'll pay for the pizza, but we're going to have the party. The, the, my heartbreak was that there were some kids that left school between September and December who think I'm a liar. And that's a terrible thing, especially when it's your own children. And so, just a, and this is just a few practical ways, you, but I, I'm going to try to help. No, the second thing is this, control your pride. And by that, Proverbs 15, says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So your children are commanded, commanded to honor you, but God says before they can honor you, you've got to be humble. Amen. If we desire to be a parent, a child will honor, we must understand that before honor, there must be humility. We, you want your children, or we want our children to fulfill the command to honor. We must not violate the Scripture ourselves when it comes to this area of pride. The parent of pride is a parent, listen to this, is a parent that is never wrong. This is real dangerous when the child is always wrong and you're always right. Now, we got to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You got to be able to look at your kids and say, I blew it. You know, I've told this, this story before, but when, when, uh, when my girls were in, in uh, three of them were in a fight and tangled up like a spider web upstairs, and I ran upstairs and I just started peeling them apart took my belt off and started swatting them and did everything I'm not supposed to do. Uh, and I got through and I let, set them all down on the couch. And after I've already spanked them, now I'm going to ask them what happened. And then I went through and I said, Ashley, what happened? And she screamed. She just screamed. She looked at me crying and she said, Daddy, Heather hit me. And then I go to Heather and I said, Heather, what happened? And Heather said, Heather said, Ashley hit me. And I went to Brooke and I said, Brooke, what, what's going on? And Brooke looked at me and said, I got here just before you did that. I was trying to break them up. Now, you feel like you got nothing. You can't just look at them now in our pride. We'll just say, well, that's just for something you didn't get caught in. But I'm sorry, that really, it sounds good, but it, it, it doesn't work. That'll create bitterness in them. So you got to look at them and say, I blew it. I'm sorry. Now, uh, the, the parent that never asked for forgiveness. That's pride. You need to look at your children and ask for forgiveness when, when you need it. The child is commanded to honor, but we are destroying their desire to honor and therefore hindering and even shortening their life when we are not the type of person that, I, hate say, I guess the best way to say it, that are easily honorable. You know, if we make it difficult for them to fulfill, then we really are, are increasing the probability that, that they're not going to get this promise. So another way we can hinder our children from fulfilling the command to honor is by uh, just this little, uh, I guess the best way to put it is we, we hinder them when we are lukewarm about our Christianity and our Christian service. You know, when we take them to church and we say we're Christians and we say we're sold out for God, but then we're lukewarm, when we act as if we don't need God, we can make the money. We're, we are in, the ones that are important. We have it all together. We don't need God. There's no real fear of God. Proverbs 22, 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Honor comes when we fear the Lord. This, 
I made this statement years and years ago, and I still believe it to be true. It's much easier to reach young people that come from a truly spiritual home or a truly non-Christian home than it is to reach kids from a home where Christianity is lukewarm. I'd rather just find them where they're just, they're out of here, they have nothing, they know nothing about the Bible, they know nothing about the church. I'd rather work with them. But you get a hold of those out of that lukewarm Christianity, that lukewarm home, they don't believe anything. And man, it's hard to ever get them. It's not like a brother is offended. It's hard to be wrong. I'm sick, y'all. Come on. Uh, I don't even know what it says. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Lukewarm parents send a message to their children to disrespect them. We've got to be real. You know, uh, the, 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 the compliment, so to speak, that we've gotten over the years that I cherish the most is when a preacher or a pastor or somebody will say, as they introduce us, they're real. I'll be honest with you. They don't say, he's a great preacher. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, they don't say he's, uh, you know, man, he's the most dynamic this or that, or he's the best organizer, or he's the best this. Or, no, they just say they're real. And that's a blessing. to. And I'll be honest with you, I believe that's part of the reason that our children are still in church, because we weren't, we weren't a facade. I, I was at a church recently, and he stood up before the, the, the people. And I say recently, it's been some months back, but he, he stood up before the people, and he said, he said, uh, Brother and Mrs. Hooker, when they stand up to speak to you, they are the same people speaking to you as they are when they're alone with you or when they are alone with each other. You know what? That was a blessing. That is a blessing that they would think that. And so uh, that just means we're, we're really sly. And so on. Number four, don't be inconsistent in, de- in decisions. Proverbs 20, uh, 25, 19 says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. When young people are sur- surveyed, and, and I did one of these surveys with, uh, uh, at the time, I think it was probably about 1,000 college students, but I did a s- survey, and the most common issue that angers and frustrates them, the number one answer was inconsistency. Number one answer, Inconsistency. Changing rules, showing favorites, not following through, setting unclear or uncertain punishments. Do you know, uh, one, one day uh, we, uh, we were, at, I don't know if a store or where we were, and Tara was pretty, pretty small, our, our youngest daughter, and uh, you know, depending on what day it was, I would spell her name T-A-R-A or T-E-R-R-O-R. And, uh, but uh, Tara... Uh, was there, and she did something and, and told her, you know, hey, when, you get, when we get home, you're going to get it. And, uh, but by the time we finally made it back home, I forgot all about it. I don't remember it at all. And I went and sat down in my chair, and Tara comes up, and she's like, I don't know, five or six or something. And she walks up to me, and she stands beside my chair, and she says, Daddy, aren't you still going to spank me? And I, girl, are you retarded? Um, <laughs> Now, you know, the truth is, they want consistency. They want to know what are the rules, how is it going to play. You know, say what you mean, mean what you say, and follow through with it. They want that. They want that stability. Everything cannot and should not always be equal, but it should always be just and consistent as possible. 
If an action gets punishment today and laughter tomorrow, they're beginning to lose respect for our judgment. You know, sometimes, you know, a, a little guy do something and, 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 and man, we'll get on to him for that. And, you know, two days later, they do almost the same thing and we laugh and, and, and just watch him do it over again. That, what's that doing to their little head? And they're wondering, are we confused? As the older they get, they, honestly, they're thinking, we don't know what we're doing. Number five. Stop the continual disagreements and strife. If you want to respect you, Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, It's an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. It's an honor. God says, you want honor? Stop the strife. And, and uh, you know what, Brother Vince, could we make, I don't know, half dozen copies of this? It's going to be a horrible message, but the, the, what I'm given, I'd like to give out to some of our families that are not here tonight. But, because I, I think it's absolutely vital. The kids hear everything, folks. You know, one of the things that would just really bother me at, at there is I counsel so many college students, they would come. And it wouldn't be long into a semester before I'd have a boy or a girl, and they would come, and they'd be angry, they'd be bitter, they're struggling at school. And here's what would come out of their mouth. My mom and dad are hypocrites. And it might be their pastor is the, you know, the pastor is their dad. And I'd say, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, they, they get up, and they act like they love each other, they care each about each other, they, they do all that out publicly and everywhere, everybody thinks they're like this perfect couple, but when you get in the house, they argue and fight all the time. Strife means engaging in self-promotion in an argumentative way, and it's just, it's taken the ability of a child to honor, and it's, never forget, what we're, we're trying to help our children be able to have that promise. It'll be well with them, and, and, and their life will be longer. Are y'all okay? Are y'all look as bad as I do. <laughs> Man. Um, TV today portrays families in constant conflict and argument because it depicts self-love. It's all about self. Our homes should be love for others, always, which stops the strife because, as Proverbs has taught us, only by pride cometh contention, and so... It's not about us. It's not about getting my way. It's not about all. We, do, we just don't need to argue, and we don't need to have the conflict. Again, I said we're not, we're not perfect. Nobody in here is perfect. And they, you know, I had a guy one time in a, in a class, I was kind of teaching something like this, and he looked at me, and he raised his hand, and he said, uh, uh, Brother Hooker, I'd just like you to know my wife and I have been married for 12 years, and, and we have never had an argument. How y'all doing? I shouldn't have done it, but right there in the room, I said, son, that tells me one of two things about you. He said, what? And I said, you're a coward or a liar. And uh, so, sorry, it's not, you know, we're human beings. I I mean, unless you just crawl in a hole for 12 years, you're going to end up having... Now, you may never raise your voice, okay. You may never have, you may think an argument is, ah, but you disagreed, and that's an argument, okay? Number six, 
Don't be deceitful, hypocritical in your behavior. And it kind of ties in here, but saying and doing and acting one way at church or in the presence of certain people and behaving in an opposite way other times, especially at home. Proverbs 20, verse 7, it says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Integrity, that, that means what you are is real. And we're supposed to be real. It, it is vital that we're honest with all men. Don't invent, watch this. I know sometimes my wife, she's always pushing me. Rob, give them examples. Give them examples. Um, don't invent excuses for your children. Hello? Don't cover for your children. Hey, if they didn't do their homework, they didn't do it. Don't tell the school they're sick if they're not. Hey, just tell them, you know, my kids, we're not coming today. Don't have to tell them, oh, well, they're really not feeling well. This is not feeling well, folks. Okay? Uh, no, it, it, just because you want to, and look, don't tell your work you're sick if you're not. Be, tell the truth. Just tell the truth. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, that means so much to the people who are watching you the most closely. And remember, it's a command for children to observe our ways. And they're watching our ways, and they're listening to what we're saying, and they're listening to how we portray this situation. And, and we just have to be very, very careful because some things we, we can, we can kind of justify them so easily, but it's, it's still affecting those around us. It's affecting the people that hear us. It's, and the ones that hear us the most are the ones that live with us. All right. Y'all going to get out early. I'm about done. I'm not finished, but I'm just about done. <laughs> Don't be a gullible parent. Look, if you want them to lose respect for you, let them buffalo you. They will play you the rest of your life. Don't allow yourself to be fooled. And watch this now. Mamas, you listen to me. Don't allow yourself to be fooled because deep down you don't want to know the truth. The fact that you don't want to know the truth does not eliminate the truth. Okay? And if you don't know the truth, so many people, man, it, it, it's this, you know, about our children. Uh-uh. Nope, don't want to see it. Don't want to hear it. Don't tell me about it. No, it's better just to Face it, address it, correct it. Amen. Proverbs 25.2 says, But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Be very careful and discerning about what is going on in your child's life. And, and, and please don't be go. Watch this. Be, be careful about what's going on in their room. Amen. What's going on on, on their computer, because that's kind of the world we're in right now. Uh, they... <laughs> We get, we, we've given them too much technology, folks. They don't need all that technology. I mean, somehow we lived without it. And, and look, the third grader doesn't have to have a phone at school. So 
Be very careful and discerning about what is going on in their room and on their computer, on their phone, whatever. Don't be stopped. Listen to this now. Don't be stopped by their protesting about their privacy. I'll give you a little note. If you start training them in the early years that their room is not theirs but yours and God's, then they, they, hey, look, they don't lock doors on you because it's not their room. Plus, they know daddy will kick the door in. But the, they, but when, they, when they're trained from very early that this is not, look, folks, it's not their car, it's not their phone, because they don't pay for it. It's mine. It's my car. It's my phone. It's my house. It's my room. It's my food. Sorry, God. It's God's stuff. <laughs> but, you know, if they understand that from the get-go, you don't have so much trouble as they get older. But if somehow it's all your things, your this, your that, no, it's not. It's not theirs. It's just not theirs. And, and you have a right to walk in at any time and say, I think you ought to do it nice. I think you ought to do it good. But you have a right to walk in at any time and say, room check. You say, oh, they may turn against me. If you train them right from the get-go, they have greater respect for you because, and again, if you handle these things right, you don't go in there and terrorize them. Okay? But you do check on them. Why? You love them. You don't want them to get hurt. You don't want them to get messed up. And if they understand that from the get-go, it's not that big of a problem. It really isn't. Did I just cross over into something? That... <laughs> if we start training them in the early years, their room's not theirs, but yours and God's, that their music, their materials, their pictures are not their personal space and privacy, then you will not have the same protesting as some face. If they understand it from their whole life, they're not going to protest. We didn't have perfect girls, but they really didn't fight us about this stuff. They really didn't give us any trouble about this. It, it just, you know, and I'm not saying they never, you know, ended up with some picture on the wall that I ended up saying, no, that's not going to stay up there. Or some something in their room that I said, no, we're not going to have that. But I know, I'm kind of weird. But, you know, we just need to be, I, I'm telling you that the more we do and, and the more consistent we are with it, this is not hurting them. They actually respect us more. And I know lots of people don't agree with me, but, but every one of my girls will, today, I've had every one of them call me, talk to me, sit with me, and say thank you. Thank you that you protected us. Thank you that you fought for us. And I, I feel like the most blessed man in the world. My girls believe in that. Realize this truth. Children will respect us more if we keep digging until we get the real truth. You know, my girls, they used to hate it because daddy was a former detective. And they would say, mama, no, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. And then mom would say, okay, 
And then Daddy would walk in and say, uh, uh, sit down here. Let's go over this one more time. Look at me in the eyes. And they're Because, look, they're going to look, they, you know, the eyes movement, the body language, all of It's going to reveal. And it's just, it's like it screams out in your brain. And, and then you find out. And look, I'm not talking about they, you know, they did something horrible, wicked. It's just when they've not told the whole truth, it's they need to know you're going to dig until you get the whole truth. And for their sake, they will honor you by not telling you half-truths anymore because it won't do any good. Amber was horrible. She's coming to speak for you. Somebody asked her about how she was. Somebody asked her, and I think at a conference one time, they said, Amber, you know, Amber gave, you know, she jokes about it and testifies when she was a little kid, that man, she would lie. And they said, well, what made you stop? My daddy beat it out of me. <laughs> she just couldn't get away with it, you know. And just for, forgive me, we got gas. I didn't really beat them. I really didn't. <laughs> no, I, I strung them upside down in the corner. <laughs> it's like some kid at the college one time, he told his parents that I kept him in eight hours in a room without food and water until he confessed. <laughs> I said, man, are you crazy? I wouldn't sit in that room for eight hours without food and water. I'm going to go eat. Are you nuts? Start at a very young age. <clears throat> they need to understand. Starting at a very young age, they need to understand that you will check under their bed, in their drawers, on the radio, on the iPod, on the iPad, computer, CD collection, pictures on the wall. If you wait until a child has a problem, you waited too long. You, you, you start all this before they've ever had a problem, and they get used to it. And watch this. It keeps them from having a problem. It really does. We tend to trust until there is a problem. Children need to earn trust little by little. Trust brings privilege. And number eight, and I'll be done. Live a life of wisdom, a life of seeking wisdom. For this encourages respect. Proverbs 26, 1 says, As snow in the summer and as rain in the harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. Well, then that means that honor would be seemly for a wise man. Get wisdom. Wisdom is doing right in God's eyes, but a fool does right in their own eyes. It really helps them to respect slash honor if they believe you know what you're talking about. If they believe you have wisdom. I praise Joe Beth for this. For our girls dating, they, um, she convinced them from the time they were little bitty things that daddy was the greatest counselor that ever lived. He was the greatest dating counselor. He was the one, you know, she would tell him stories about how I'd gotten this couple together and gotten this couple together and gotten all. And so when they came up to college and, and dating, they would come to my office. They'd come and say, okay, I want an appointment. I want a dating appointment. And I'd say, don't you want to go to, no, I want to talk to you, Dad. You know, Mama convinced them, and hopefully some of my responses and some of my life over the years 
hopefully revealed to them, or maybe at least they thought I had some wisdom. And that wisdom is, when somebody has wisdom, they that person will get respect and honor. Children are commanded to honor their parents and will be held accountable to God for what for that. So they're commanded to honor their parents and they'll be hand, uh, uh, held accountable to God for that. But we as parents will be held accountable to God for how we live to encourage or discourage that honor. And that's what I really, the ultimate, the final thing, these other things are to help us, find, you know, to, to help them to honor. But we've got to understand as parents and as grandparents, as future parents, we're going to be held accountable as to whether we made this easier, more accessible, so to speak, whether we were honorable. Now, they're going to have to answer for whether they honored us. But we got to answer for whether we were honorable. Father, I pray that you...